the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To get a complimentary copy of Dave's book and a complimentary consultation, call 877-GAINS-4-U or MortageFinancial.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Welcome indeed to Always Right Radio. Appreciate you being with us. We get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It is the 23rd morning of the month of division, sometimes called February, in the year of our Lord 2024. And uh, I've got to double check my calendar here, but I think I know what day of the week it is. Yes, indeed. It's a free for all Friday! Mr. Scream is ready to go. Mrs. Scream, how you doing? Always love to hear from them. What a great couple, and what a great day it is. Thanks so much for joining us. We've got um, great conversations uh, scheduled. Well, important conversations. I don't know how great they are, especially the one that I'm going to have with uh, Tom Zawistowski coming up in just a bit. Because Tom has got some very, very disturbing information to share about the J6 prisoners and uh, what is happening to Jake Lang, who is one of those. Uh, and quite frankly, all I can think of is that if he were transported to a Russian gulag, including the one where uh, Alexander, uh, Alexander uh, um, Smirnov was killed, uh, it might be an improvement. What is being done to American citizens right now, the torture that they are facing, is simply unconscionable. I'll let Tom tell you that story. That's at 1035. We've got Jack Windsor coming up at 1010. Tom Zawistowski at 1035. And Gordon Chang is going to be telling us about the invasion of the Communist Chinese Party in the, or Chinese Communist Party, rather, into the United States and what this looks like. Gordon Chang is an expert on uh, Chinese history, Chinese relations, and more. And that'll be coming up at 1110. So we're going to get into those stories and those conversations. Uh, and of course, the most important conversations we have will be with you. 
at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Before we get started with our pledge, I want to say thank you so very much to a few people for just a wonderful event last night. Uh, I was down at uh, uh, down in uh, Akron, Fairlawn, to be more precise, and uh, it was the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet, and I was invited to take part in it by uh, Pastor Chris Long, the president of the OCA, and his wife Sylvia. and And I just got to tell you, what a great event! Over two hundred true patriots. Um, I don't even know if they were all Christian. I assume they were, but you don't have to be because you know the Christian faith welcomes everybody. But um, I do know that there were 200 true dyed-in-the-wool patriots who will do anything to help protect this country and the country we're going to leave behind for our children. It was an amazing event from the top down. Bob Burney was the MC. I, I did the MCing of the candidates forum. We had a forum for the Senate race. Uh, Bernie Moreno was live and in person. We had video recordings from Frank LaRose and uh, Matt Dolan, who were not there. We did have the uh, the uh, two candidates for the 13th congressional district race to try to take down uh, uh, Amelia Sykes from uh, from uh, her seat in Washington. It was Kevin Coughlin and um, uh, Chris Banweg. They were there. Really great conversations. Really great look inside their character and their vision and their platforms um, for you know for Congress and for winning that seat. Their plans on how to win that seat. Um, and and like I said. It was it was phenomenal all the way around, but we were all treated to a presentation that I wish everyone could see. And I don't know if maybe that's possible. I don't think the event was recorded last night, but I wish it was. Um, Bill Federer, who brings you um, the American Minute, and, and hopefully you subscribe to that, and who is one of the most extraordinary historians you will ever meet. I think Bob Burney introduced him last night and talked about how his picture is in the dictionary uh, next to uh, 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 something like encyclopedic uh, uh, historical knowledge. And it wasn't that. I'm butchering it. But you understand the point. He's so smooth. He's so eloquent. He has every, almost every piece of American history and world history available to him as if his brain were a supercomputer, as if it was, you know, like a chat GPT thing or something where you're going to say, hey, uh, tell me, and, and he's got it. And it's just remarkable. He blends world history with biblical history, which, of course, they are not exclusive of one another. Biblical history is world history, but, but you know, world events and, and, you know, conquerors and empires and kingdoms all you know, interspersed with, you know, biblical passages and what was foretold coming all the way up to modern times. His presentation was on socialism and because his new book is about socialism. And um, I just wish I could find a way to recreate it for you. I may be able to give you some of it in the form of an online presentation because I bought from Bill. He was uh, actually the, the presentation that he gave uh, included a slideshow in which he, like I said, really you know underscored through quotes and through images and so forth the the points that he was making about socialism historically, how it started, 
um, what it is used for, how it has evolved into modern day, modern times, um, what it looks like for people who are stuck in socialist countries, what it looks like for uh, people who are in jeopardy. And that would be us, put your hand in the air, of having their country torn down and created, uh, recreated as a socialist country. So the slideshow he he made available uh, by way of flash drives, little thumb drives that he was uh, uh, making available to people, and I bought one of them last night, so I have I have it in my hand right now. And uh, it's you know it references the title of the book, Socialism: The Real History, and you can learn more about this at AmericanMinute.com and maybe even and, and see some of these yourself. But I'm going to upload them in as many places as I can. Like I said, we're doing radio, so I can't do much of this. Um, for you now, but I just want to just say thank you to Chris Long for bringing Bill Federer back. I'm not often speechless. Bill, in addition to giving us the history lesson of socialism and talking about what it is intended to do today, to you, to me, to this country, to to our families, to our, our descendants, and so forth, um, that that's just part of it. The other part was an inspiration that uh, it hit me uh, it hit me different I, I look i'm privileged i will acknowledge that i'm privileged to be able to attend a lot of events with a lot of spectacular speakers many of whom are very very inspiring as a matter of fact in about 2 weeks when Bringing America Back to Life happens again, I will be emceeing that two-day conference. I mean, literally, we go for about you know, 10, 12 hours a day for two straight days of just a nonstop cavalcade of inspirational speakers um, You know, to be in, in independence. And uh, this will be, I think, my fifth year running that I've emceed that event. And I've been, I've been privy to uh, some really, really incredible talks. I've, 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 I've just soaked them in. And I'm telling you, I don't know if any that I've ever heard are more inspiring than what Bill Federer gave last night. It's more than just the history. It is the motivation to play your part in that history. It's the motivation that says, what will you do with the opportunity before you to make your mark on that which we have been gifted? I am doing such a poor job right now of even coming close to what Bill presented. I, this is all I can do, though. Um, paraphrasing him very loosely, but just talking about, you know, what will it look like when your time comes? All of our times will come. What will it look like when your time comes? And if you are fortunate enough to get to heaven and you are encountering some of the greatest human beings in history, many of whose stories were chronicled in the Bible, uh, others not. And everybody is swapping stories. And again, apologies to Bill Federer for the very loose paraphrase I'm giving. But they're swapping stories. And some of the greatest people uh, in history who sacrificed so much and did so many great things to honor the glory of God and to honor his people and his creation and so forth, and whether it be David or whether it be Moses or whatever, and they're all talking about the things that they've done. And, you know, as they go around the room and each person is talking about all the glorious things they did, 
uh, when their time on earth was here. And they had the opportunity to provide assistance to their fellow man, to provide glory uh, and honor to God and all of his creations. What did you do? And the way he told it made all of us sit there and do a self-reflective moment that we weren't ordered to do. It just it just happened. I promise you, over 200 people, as Bill Federer told those things to us and asked us those questions, two, over 200 people in the room in their heads were thinking, what would I say? What would I say if I get to heaven and the stories are going around about what we did on our time on earth to make earth better, to make people better, to bring people closer to God and the, and the, uh, and the glory that comes with eternal salvation? What did I do during my time? Everyone had that mirror out, and they were staring at themselves in that metaphorical mirror within their own brains. I know, because I was, and I looked around the room, and everybody was like, I don't know. I don't know. What will I answer? And if that doesn't inspire you to do something with your life that does make a difference, then you you need to reevaluate. That's all I can say. And... uh like I said, it's 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 not possible to replicate what Bill did yesterday, but for those who experienced it, they know. This is one of those, you know, it's like an online meme thing, if you know, you know. If you were there and if you've heard Bill talk, and maybe if you've heard him talk in the past, you probably have an idea of how, you know, extraordinary and compelling he is as a presenter and a speaker. But this particular one, and I've heard him a number of times at Ohio Christian Alliance events, in fact including in Washington, D.C., when we were there for the dedication of the uh, D-Day prayer edition to the World War II Memorial, which, by the way, Pastor Long uh, was there, and he was uh, uh, he had copies of his book, For Their Honor, which told the story of how that was born, the D-Day prayer, prayer project was born, how it carried, got carried out and eventually completed, uh, which is just extraordinary in its own right. But I've heard Bill at a number of OCA events, and I don't know. None of them really hit me quite as hard as last night's did. It was remarkable, and if you know, you know. And if you don't know, I highly recommend getting his book, uh, Bill's book, Socialism. Um, and, and even though you can't experience the speech that I just did, maybe that'll be the closest thing that I can offer to you. But it was inspirational, and I'll ask you. I'll ask you right now to do the same thing that I just did and most of us did last night during that kind of you know introspective period. And that is, ask yourself how you will answer the question. What did you do? As the glory of God surrounds all of those who did spectacular things on this earth to make the earth and its people or the people close to you in your sphere better, make their existence better, improve their lives, improve their relationship with God to bring them closer to the ultimate glory. What did you do? How will you answer that question? I sat there and just, uh, I don't know. I won't say in shame because I'm not Moses. And I'm not saying I was shame that I'm not David. Uh, I, I won't say that I, but I will say it makes me wonder what have I done and what can I do? And I'll ask you to do that for yourself. What have you done and what can you do? So that when you get there, when your time on this earth is over, and it's time to reflect on it with the other giants of human history, and we're all talking about what role we played, what will your role have been? That's all I can do. 
So I didn't plan that, by the way. I just wanted to say thank you to Chris Long. This all started with, I don't know why I'm going off in these tangents of late, but I just wanted to say thank you to Chris and to Bill Federer and to uh, uh, all of the candidates who were there last night, all of the elected officials, all of the patriots who were there, the donors and supporters who did so much to make that a wonderful Freedom Banquet last night down in Fairlawn. Thank you to them, and thank you to Bill Federer for just such an incredible display and presentation that really, really uh, touched me, touched my heart, and touched my brain. It really makes me think a lot more about what we are doing on this earth. Okay, that's all I've got for you on that. Let's do our pledge, patriots. Uh, and that was fun last night, too. To, uh, Chris asked me to lead the pledge, as we do on this program every day, and that was an awful lot of fun, too. So, Patriots, um, stand and face your flag. Put your hand on your heart and join us for this. And as I told the crowd last night, don't do it unless you mean it. Don't stand unless you really, truly want to honor this country and the flag that represents this country. If you are uh, standing there for the sake of virtue signaling, forget about it. Just do what you really intend and take a knee like the good little Marxists out there that acknowledge who and what they are. For those of us who believe, however, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice for all. That is exactly what it is all about. Um, and the other thing that it's all about in this country, honestly, is the sovereignty that comes with being a free nation. I say that to you because one of the stories that I read yesterday that I wanted to share with you today, and I want to give credit and kudos to uh, Congressman Byron Donalds for putting this in terms that, that we can all understand. And I'm talking about the invasion of of the united states the end to american sovereignty the end to our borders which means truly an end to you know our 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 status as a free country if you do not have borders you do not have a country you are just a you know a place to flop anybody can come in and come and go as they please and you do not have a country by which uh or uh that uh, uh that is governed by and that is run by codes and standards that a country can set for itself byron donald's posted something yesterday that a number of people, I think it went viral, uh, I would, we would be safe to say, to, to really explain what the invasion looks like. Do you know how many people live in the uh, nation's largest city, which you probably know as New York? Around 8 million people live in New York, New York City, that is, okay? Do you know what America's second largest city is? You don't. Because you probably were going to say Los Angeles. You'd be wrong. The second largest city in this country is now the American border. Because that is where 7.2 million illegal aliens at the lowest conservative estimate of people that have been encountered over the course of the Biden tenure. That's how many have come in. Enough people to make it the second largest city in America. According to the report from the federal, that doesn't count the gotaways. When you add the two to two and a half million gotaways who did not want to present themselves at the border, use the magic word asylum, and then be granted admission to the United States, the ones who had something to hide, the traffickers, the drug runners, cartel members, gang members, foreign terrorists, we, we, we can't even track them all. That's what makes them the gotaways. 
but it's closer to 10 million. But if you just go with the 7.2 that they're acknowledging, Byron Donalds put this out. The 7,298,486 illegal aliens that have been officially accounted for, that's more than any city in the United States except for New York. It is more than we have residents in 42 states and cities. We have imported a population of 7.2, almost 7.3 million people that is more than we have living in the state of Tennessee. More than the 7 million who live in Massachusetts, the 6.8 million that live in Indiana, the 6.1 million Americans that live in Missouri, the 6.1 million that live in Maryland, the 5.9 in Wisconsin. I can go down to Colorado, Minnesota, South Carolina, Alabama, Louisiana, Kentucky, Oregon. None of these states have as many people in them right now as have come across the southern border illegally in the last three years. In fact, there have been more people who have crossed this border to come into the United States without permission than live in more uh, more than 130 countries around the globe. 130 countries have smaller populations than the 7.298 illegal aliens, million illegal aliens who have come across this border just in the Biden years. A country, multiple countries have invaded this country in size and scale. I'll give you one other metric, just so you can truly understand what we are dealing with. We talked at length, and the candidates did last night at the Freedom Banquet, about the border and about the uh, illegal immigration problem, the crisis. I'll give you one more metric. That 7.298 million people who have been brought in in the last three years is the equivalent, actually it exceeds, two full years of American births. You understand that? In three years of Biden's term, more people have come in than have been born in this country over a two-year period. We average less than 7.2 million births in a a two-year period. So we are literally importing more people than we're giving birth to. We are literally surrendering the sovereignty, the security, and the liberty of the people who live in the United States of America right now. All of these metrics are verifiable, they are real, and so is the threat. And that is something that we have to address. It is something we will address in a number of different ways. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110, the number to join us. We are guest-free in the first hour. We will talk to Tom Z, or Jack Windsor, I should say, Tom Z, and Gordon. The answer. Waking up America from its woke slumber. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 936. Good Friday morning to you. It is a free-for-all Friday, 216-901-0945. What is your topic? What is your question? What is your comment? Let's make the most of this, especially since we do have some guests coming up. After 10 o'clock, we'll talk to uh, Jack Windsor. We'll also spend some time with Tom Zawistowski and with Gordon Chang today. So uh, get in while you can, 216-901-0945. You want to talk about the importing of an entire population of uh, of another country or several other countries? We've done it importing the entire population or a bigger population than 40 u.s states we've done it uh it, it's remarkable what uh, what we are allowing to have happen here and also 
Interesting story on the student loan issue, which we know we talked about in depth yesterday. Uh, the Biden administration completely ignoring the Supreme Court, which said giving away student loan debt is unconstitutional. Forgiving it is unconstitutional. You can't do it. He keeps doing it anyway. About a half a dozen times since the Supreme Court said you can't do that. How does that affect Ohioans? Article in Cleveland.com this morning. More than 7,000 Ohio borrowers will have a total of $60 million in student loan debt forgiven under the Biden administration program that will cancel nearly 153,000 student loans nationally in an attempt, of course, to get 153,000 more people to say thank you and vote for him. It's a vote bribery scheme, which I will not belabor at the moment. What I will belabor, though, is the fairness of all of this considering what this says, it details those who qualified for forgiveness have been making uh, at least 10 years of payments and originally took out loans of $12,000 or less for college. This action will be huge in uh, to graduates of community colleges and borrowers with, borrowers with smaller loans, said Biden, putting them back on track for faster debt forgiveness than ever before. And I'll stop that. By freeing millions of Americans from the crushing debt of student loan programs, he said, it means they finally get on with their lives instead of getting their lives being put on hold. Now, I'm going to stop there and say, what the hell? I want to hear from people who did not go to college because, A, they couldn't afford it, and, B, they did not want to take out tens of thousands of dollars in debt that they could not pay back until, you know, obviously uh, they found a, a job and a career that, that actually made that investment worth their while. And so instead, they went to work, and they took out loans for things like, I don't know, cars, because they had to get back and forth to work instead of going to college. Maybe they took out a loan for a pickup truck because they started a business. Maybe they put their lawnmower and their weed whacker and their gardening tools in the back of a pickup truck and started their own landscape service because they wanted to make something of their lives and not just give a bunch of money to, uh, you know, to a university for a degree that will not pay them back. What about the cost of that truck, that lawnmower, that weed whacker? What about the cost of the advertising? What about the cost of going to that trade school to learn how to weld, to learn how to plumb, to learn how to do carpentry, to learn how to do electrical? What about those? What about people who didn't borrow money for college but borrowed money to be productive members of this community, this society? Where the hell is their relief? Dementia Joe? Where is, where is freeing millions of those Americans from the crushing debt that they had to take out to actually produce something, not just to go to college and play beer pong? You notice that nowhere in this free student loan giveaway that Biden is engaged in, nowhere does it say that the requirements are that you have to have graduated. If you took out loans to go to college for two years and washed out, flunked out, dropped out, you still are eligible for getting these loans forgiven. What about somebody who actually did something? What about relief for them? And moreover, what about, and I know I'm doing a lot of whataboutism here, what about the people who did choose to go to college and who knew they were borrowing money that they would have to pay back and spent their time and their treasure paying it back and have finished it now? Now they no longer have student loan debt that they owe, but they sure as hell struggled while they were paying it off. Do they get reparations? 
do they get rec- uh, you know any recompense whatsoever for doing it the right way? I don't know about you, but I have had my fill of left-wing enabling people like Joe Biden, people like the Democrat Party, that reward irresponsible behavior and punish those who do it right. If you're irresponsible enough to have taken out a loan and you haven't been able to pay it back over 10 years or 12 years or whatever it is, and you've never even tried, or you're taking all of these deferrals and the interest keeps racking up, and now you say, what am I going to do, Mr. President? I can't afford these loans. If you're, if this guy is rewarding you for your bad decisions, or maybe you took out, that, um, took out those loans and didn't even get a degree, or you majored in women's ethnic earthworm studies or some other crap that's never going to get you a job. I I can't pay this back. And they bail you out. I am tired of this. Stop enabling irresponsibility and punishing responsibility. Start flipping the script. Take those who have been responsible enough and give them an opportunity to, to maybe work off some of those loans. Give them an opportunity to have some sort of a, a debt forgiveness program. But no, And you want to know why? Because it's not about rewarding responsibility. It's not about rewarding effort. It's not about rewarding achievement. It is about buying American votes. Every one of these Ohioans, more than 7,000 of them, according to this story, that gets their debt forgiven by Joe Biden is going to vote for, for Joe Biden. Moreover, every one of them have parents and siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles, and they're going to tell them, I don't owe any money anymore. Biden, look, Biden gave me my uh, debt, debt forgiveness. And they're all going to say, that's amazing, and they're going to vote for Biden. This is election interference by executive order that has been specifically and, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Specifically and, indisputedly, undisputedly, um, declared to be unconstitutional by the Supreme Court of the United States. It's, it's unambiguous. That's the word I was looking for. It's, it's unambiguous. It's clear. You can't do this, he was told. And he keeps on doing it, essentially extending two big middle fingers uh, at John Roberts and the court. Too bad doing it anyway. What are you going to do about it? And you know what? He's right. What are they going to do about it? What's the legislature going to do about it? Are they going to impeach him? They're trying already. Trying very, very miserably, by the way. What were they going to do? All right, 216 Don is in Lakewood. Hi, Don, go ahead. Bob, hey. Um, hey, Don. So when I uh, heard you talking about Bill Federer's talk yesterday, I immediately thought of the book. Uh, the book that I purchased about a year ago and I've been telling everyone about uh, constantly, and that is uh, William Federer's book, Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. That's the one. And, uh, and uh, yes, the subtitle, how the, deep, how the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control. And it goes into so many excerpts throughout history, uh, citing historical figures, citing uh, heads of state, quoting... Uh, quoting people on the, the 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 background of the development of socialism and communism, and one of the sections that jumped out to me uh, was on the Cold War. And uh, if I may quote this briefly, 
Please. Uh, let's see. During this time, 45 countries became communist satellites, often with brutal purges, with, which killed millions. Countries included, then he lists the countries. And here are the points that had my jaw hitting the floor. <clears throat> the main takeover tactic was to find groups within a country with grievances, organize these groups to protest and riot, escalate riots to violence and bloodshed, bribe, threaten, and co-opt media to control the narrative of blaming the existing leadership. The next point, in the midst of national confusion, carry out a coup or a rigged election overthrowing the country's representative government and replacing it with a totalitarian dictatorship. And finally, citizens are initially relieved that order is restored, but when the dust settles, they will have a rude awakening to find their freedoms gone. And if this doesn't ring uh, familiar to everyone on our side and listeners out there, I don't know what does. My jaw hit the floor. And there are so many other excerpts in this book that will, will, will just hit you on a gut level. So I recommend it highly as an educational tool as to where we're at right now and what we need to do to keep this from growing. I wish you, as a devoted reader of that book, and uh, I wish you could have seen the uh, slideshow presentation he gave last night. He covered so much of what you just talked about, but in much more depth. And like I said, with the visual aids and with some of the quoted quotes highlighted, interspersed with biblical uh, passages that lent, you know, credence to and 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 uh, you know, solidarity with basically the messaging that he's talking about. It, it, it all worked in unison. It was remarkable. But since everybody couldn't have been there last night, I agree with you. I will strongly recommend that people get Bill. Fett book socialism uh it is um it, it is absolutely a must read and if you do not see those warning signs right now in this american moment uh that socialism is on the way in fact all the way through to the most extreme versions of it you know uh rooted in marxism um then you are simply not paying attention or you're being willfully absolutely. blind you just don't want to know yes so i recommend the book uh, amazon's a necessary evil but you can have it in a day, and believe me, you start reading it, you'll read it cover to cover. Uh, you will not be able to put it down. And then you'll reread it, because there are things in there you, you don't even believe you read, and you'll have to go back, and then it will just send chills up your spine, because we're seeing it uh, every day on the news. Do, so, you, uh, do you subscribe to the American Minute, uh, Bill, Bill Federer's uh, daily uh, uh, email? I, I do not, but I will be. Yeah, um, I, I strongly kind of, recommend it. Strongly recommend it. It is so good. Every day, Bill Federer's uh, email that comes out is again. It's it's either informational or inspirational or a combination of both, and it's a great way to start your day if you get on that email list. And we need information and inspiration now more than ever. Completely agree. So, Thank you, Don. Thanks for taking my call, Bob. You got thanks. it. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I was very, very honored and blessed last night to uh, listen, to watch and listen to that presentation. And the best I can say to you, like I said, is read it. Um, unless Bill is going to put a presentation of you know a slideshow speech and presentation of what he gave us last night online, uh, the best thing you can do is buy that book. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Nancy in Cleveland next. Nancy, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Good morning. Go ahead. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I have a friend that lives in Broadview Heights, and they believe that the first set of illegal aliens have been dumped in that area. It's right there at the borderline of Broadview Heights and Richfield, and there's a uh, housing estate called McIntosh, and they've got kids running around knocking on doors asking for food or water, and they don't know where these kids are coming from, and they believe they could be staying at the turn. Pike shelter that is 
right off of that exit is right off of that area there like that. So it's happening, and what I would like to inform your listeners, if but see, nobody says nothing. Everybody says it quietly. If you find that these problems are starting to arise in your neighborhood, first thing you need to do is call up stations like yours to let us know what area it's happening. Then you need to go to your town hall meetings and start dealing with your councilmen and your mayors on the issue, and uh, you need to become actively involved. Now, right there in Independence, I think it was the Crown Plaza, uh, my friend was telling me they turned that into a homeless shelter, and there have been problems in Independence with break-ins. Now, I don't know if it's still a homeless shelter, that hotel, but that's where they were dumping homeless people. So, And you know it's all government-related. Uh, and then the other thing is we have right here in Ward 13 a uh, Afghan um, a community refugee center that's being set up, okay, and uh, you can thank uh, former Councilman Simperman, who's involved in the U.S. Uh, placement of migra- migrants, he's on that uh, committee. So it wouldn't hurt to contact him or find out just exactly how involved he is going to be or that committee is going to be to, uh, you know, disperse uh, both refug- legitimate refugees as well as illegal aliens. Yeah, and and there is a difference, by the way. You're right. I'm glad you, you clarified that, too, because there's a difference between a refugee and a legal alien. Ninety-nine percent of these people are lying about there being asylum seekers and refugees. Oh, uh, and, and the people running that are, are you know, they have permanent res, residency, but they're not U.S. citizens. They are from Afghan. And I talked to him about Obama. He says, you really believe? He worked for the CIA, and they put a mask over his head saying that was Obama. Now, if somebody from Afghan can tell me that, I don't trust this government anywhere. Well, there, there, there's, there are a lot of reasons, and thank you for the call, Nancy. There are a lot of reasons to question those things. Um, Seth, did I hear you uh, whisper that that's where you live, where she was talking about? Yeah, I live in McIntosh Farms. Have you seen anything like what she's talking about? No. Um, They have a... Landscapers there are, don't speak English, but... (laughs) You don't know if they're legal or not. I, I don't. Okay. But, I mean, I have seen an uptick in, in Broadview Heights of what would I what would call Hispanic, you know, people. Yeah, which know, which is which you know which we should probably clarify too is in typical in the last several decades, uh, or at least the last couple of decades anyway. When we talk about illegal immigration, the problem is usually you know, kind of limited to or referred to as be indeed that. Hispanic speakers, Latinos and Latinas from uh, Central America, Latin America, maybe South America, and they're all these, you know, impoverished kind of third world type countries who are coming up here to work. Um, and the problem is they're taking work, and Peter Kirsten now talks about this all the time, they're taking a work for, away work from uh, African Americans mostly, or American legal American residents who do that sort of, you know, uh, labor labor work, which is, you know, you know low skilled or unskilled, what's called unskilled labor. It's not an insult to say that. And uh, it's taking jobs away from them. But now it's that's not even the thing anymore, because now if you watch any coverage of this on any of the cable news channels where they're going down there to Eagle Pass or they're going down there now to California sectors and so forth where people are crossing. Hey, where are you from? Hey, where are you from? Hey, where are you from? Every single time it's China, Turkey, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, China, uh, uh, whatever. It's not just... Uh, Latin American countries or Central American countries of Hispanic, uh, Hispanics and uh, Spanish-speaking farm workers. 
they're from all over the world. And moreover, some of them are from nations that are adversarial to the United States, which begs the question, why are you here? Especially, Seth, when you see those people being interviewed and asked when they come across, who, you know, where are you from? They're always alone. They're always alone. They're males. And again, we all like to say military age. You know what that means? They're, you know, they're 18, 18 to, to 40, maybe, or 18 to 30. And they're, uh, and they're alone. They're not there with kids. They're not there with wives. They're not there with grandparents. Um, and, you know, a, a famous phrase or something that has become popularized is, uh, you know, a man who is trying to protect his family uh, does not leave his family alone without him there. A man who's trying to protect his family brings that family with him. Uh, so if he's here without a family, he is here to do something that is not necessarily something he wants his family to be a part of. No, my, my, my thing is, though, is that you have to be careful because you're right, and I'm totally against illegal immigration. But it's not like there's MS-13 running around Broadview Heights. That's not what you know what's going on. And so you have to be careful between getting angry at every person that you see as opposed to being angry at what's actually going on at the border. Yeah, well, and you know what what I would say give it a little bit of time. I forget which guest we had on this week, Seth. Where we talked about, and I asked, you know, every state is a border state, but what do we have going on up, going on up here? Because we're starting to see so much more crime and so many more of these massive illegal migrant dumps, like like uh, the caller was just talking about, in you know, in Chicago and in New York and in in, in other big cities. Um, and the question then becomes, well, how much of that has has manifested itself here? And the answer has largely been not a lot, at least not yet, anyway. We were talking about, you know, which. Um, Oh, you know what it was, Seth? It wasn't here. It was on uh, Strictly Speaking. Uh, we were recording this week, and I had asked Ryan to pull up whether or not the city of Cleveland was a designated sanctuary city. And it's not. But there are four Northeast Ohio cities that were. There were eight cities in Ohio, generally, that were sanctuary cities. Four of them in Northeast Ohio, um, including Lorraine. I got to try to remember now, and I probably can't, and that's okay. But the point is, you know, because uh, so many of these uh, uh, illegals are being bussed up to sanctuary cities because that's what they said they would do is provide sanctuary for them. And even though Cleveland is not one, there are uh, four, four, uh, four or five different you know locations, either one? counties or cities, that that were indeed declared as sanctuary cities. My point being that eventually, Seth. It is going to manifest itself here the same way it is in those other places. And I, I agree, and you have to watch out for that. I'm just saying when she makes a generalized statement of, oh, hey, they're running around Macintosh Farms. I, one, I don't see that. And two, there are people that are up here maybe <laughs> legally that are actually working too. You don't know. You can't just get mad at every person that's not you know, the same person as you. But what is going on is a ginormous problem. It needs to be addressed, and you have to watch out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I don't know that it's fair to characterize what she was saying as getting mad at people who are not like you. I think she is saying because we don't know who they are. If there is a big dump, like she's talking about, if you know a whole bunch of people at one time are being moved from one place to another, and they all look like you know they aren't exactly on their way into an office to go to work, or even on their way into a plant to go to work, you know, if they look like they're homeless or if they look like they're in need or whatever, the chances are very, very well. I won't say the chances are good, but it is a possibility that they are indeed illegal aliens, and they are are all about to start, you know. Um, 
causing problems for people. That doesn't mean committing crimes, but causing problems for people like they are in all those other big cities we talked about. It's a fair question to ask, who are those people? Why are they all of a sudden here? I agree. Now, here, real quick, uh, Columbus, Dayton, Lake County, Ohio, Lima, Lake, Ohio. Yeah, Lake County was one of them. Lima, Lorraine, Lorraine Lucas County, yeah, Oberlin. Toledo. Oberlin, there you go. I should have thought of that should one. should have thought of that one in Painesville. Yeah, Painesville. There, those are the four. There you go. Lake County, Painesville, Oberlin, Lorraine. Thank you. I knew there were four of them. I appreciate that. That are considered to be sanctuary cities. Now, those are not huge cities, or obviously in the case of Lake County or County. Uh, but, you know, if they are willing to provide sanctuary, don't think that that information doesn't get through the grapevine and eventually is going to lead to an influx of people coming and saying, hey, put me up. That's what sanctuary cities do. Put me up. So it's just, it's coming. Okay. It is uh, 957. We're going to take a time out here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Ohio issues. Once you see the long list of quality job opportunities available, you'll never settle for just a job again. Visit ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Darkness. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. All right, my friends, hour number two is underway on this free for all Friday. It is seven minutes past 10 o'clock. It's the 23rd morning of the month of division in the year of our Lord 2024. We'll get back to phone calls in a bit, but now we want to welcome our good friend Jack Windsor to the program, the founder and editor in chief of the Ohio Press Network. Also now my Salem media colleague doing Salem radio down in Columbus. Jack Windsor, welcome back to Always Right Radio. How are you doing? Good, sir. Super fantastic, Bob. Okay. Thanks for uh, thanks for choosing me today, man. It's good to be here. So there's a lot of uh, grist for the mill here, uh, Jack, and I want to yeah. dive right into um, what is going on in this primary race. We are now in the voting season because early voting has begun, and uh, there are what 17 of the 22 known as the Blue 22 or the Trans Dems or Trans Republicans, depending on your point of view. Um, who are running for re-election because they are either, uh, you know, the others are either termed out or are not running or what have you. And um, there is a battle going on here um, from those for those who are trying to primary those individuals. Um, the OHRA War Room account on Twitter, it would appear, is doing some really, really strong work in trying to discredit the primary challengers and to prop up and support the 22 um, Republicans who sold out their own caucus and sold out the represent or the uh, constituents rather that they're supposed to represent with a super majority in the House, giving power to the super minority Democrats, uh, all to get J- Jason Stevens the gavel. So, Jack Windsor, what can you tell us about this o- OHRA organization? Yeah, so I want to start by saying this. I want to remind everybody in your shot that members of the Blue 22, 17, as Bob mentioned, are running for office, they were censured by the state party. They were censured by several county parties. None of them have received an endorsement from the, from the Ohio Republican Party. So these are folks who have been rejected for their behavior. And 
censured and really, in some ways, uh, criticized handily, rightfully so. Um, because that's the case, uh, OHRA War Room is a Twitter account that was, or X account, that was created. And OHRA essentially is the financial war chest that House Republicans have at their disposal to assist them in the election and marketing of Republican candidates. Well, unfortunately, there are 40, at least 45 Republicans who do not support Jason Stevens and the 21 other, as you call them, Bob, trans Dems, who partnered with the entire Democratic caucus to elect Jason Stevens speaker. Unfortunately, Jason Stevens and his cabal have control of the money in the Ohio House. That money is being used to promote the campaigns of the people who are members of the Blue 22 cabal. OHRA War Room is set up and designed to attack the people like Sally Cohen. How much money money are we talking about, Jack? How much money do they have in control, and is he able to use and direct to uh, protect those who gave him his gavel? So this is a court case right now in Franklin County. There was an attempt to stay his use of that of, of those funds that was rejected is it is still ongoing however the case my understanding without diving into the full um docket and, and reading all of the documents but talking with other lawmakers is that it's about three million dollars that jason stevens is using to attack other republicans on behalf of trans republicans who have been censured by the state party and county parties and i'm going to Listen, I say it a hundred times because people need to understand this is the group of people that allowed the 60% threshold to fail, which in turn allowed issue one, the radical abortion to birth for matters of convenience that will rip down ultimately parental rights and their and parents' involvements in their kids' uh, abortion decisions, quote, gender care decisions. This group is responsible for that. This group. This is the group that Jason Stevens is the quarterback of, that, is, that has a record now of the most ineffectual General Assembly since the Eisenhower administration. And Jason Stevens is using $3 million to prop up people who act like Democrats but have R's behind their names. So this is, uh, this is extraordinarily important, and it's also very troubling. Not just that they are propping up this OHRA, by the way, which is the Ohio House Republican Alliance, uh, they're the ones who are doing the work of the Democrats and the work of these uh, these Blue 22. But they're not just propping them up. They're using those funds to attack the opponents, uh, people who have who have done nothing wrong and people who have, uh, you know, only expressed an interest in in returning the conservatism to the Republican Party of this state that is gone. Um, because obviously, you know, there, there are, there are far too many of the rhinos, and I hate using those terms because it's so, so overused, but it's real in this case. Um, and all they want to do is go there and do what, uh, the people who are there now said they were going to do, and that is represent their constituents with, um, with morals, with integrity, and to do the will of the people. The 22, including the speaker, literally said, decided for themselves they're not going to do the will of the people. They're not going to do the will of the constituents who gave them their power. They're going to do what the Democrats tell them to do if it sweetens their own deal, whether it be in terms of contributions or whether it be in terms of um, uh, uh, plum assignments on committees or getting money for your district so that you can continue to keep feeding at the trough, etc. 
That's exactly right. And and they're running, you know, little attack campaigns. Sally Culling is really in their crosshairs right now. She's running against Haraz Gambari. And Sally, by the way, um, I was able to do some research and investigation. She is she did have a dual citizenship. Um, she is British and now lives in Ohio. And the OHRA account is essentially attacking her, um, trying to make her look like a carpetbagger um, because she voted during the, the Brexit vote. Well, she actually had the authority. She had authorization. She had a letter that said, because of her decades of policy experience, she was able to actually vote and took the conservative position, by the way, that Donald Trump supported. Um, it, but they've made it look like she's this dual citizen who's more in touch with Nottingham than she is with Columbus, Ohio. Um, but what they don't tell you is that Haraz Gambari actually voted in the Democratic primary. I believe it was 2004 or 2006. They're doing the same thing with Ty Matthews. Who is running against John Cross? Let me let me let John me hold Cross. let me hold you there. We'll talk about Matthews and Cross in a second because I spent some time on that earlier this week when I had Ty Matthews on. But the Sally Culling part of this too, I want to read the tweet that the OHRA War Room uh, put out there to try to make it seem as though she is not worthy of conservative Republican support. The tweet is, quote, Sally Culling said Nottingham remains home for me, end quote. Despite moving to America in 2004 and becoming a citizen thereafter, she cast a vote in 2016 in Britain. We can't trust Sally Culling to defend Wood County values because, quote, Nottingham remains home for her. This is one of the most ridiculous attacks and pathetic and egregious examples that I have seen of what these people will stoop to. Jack, I once moved to San Francisco back in 2000. You know what I told the people there? Cleveland is home. Does that mean I don't live in California? Cleveland is home. It's where I was born. And guess what? If I still have Cleveland loyalties to the Browns or to whatever, um, that's never going to change. It doesn't mean I am not a part of the new community, not a part of the new, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the politics of the scene. I can vote there. I'm a, you know, I'm a resident. It doesn't mean I'm not interested in what goes on back home again. They're literally scra- taking everything that they can they can find uh, to try to denigrate these challengers all to protect themselves, which means they're doing what they voted like. They're doing what Democrats would do. Absolutely. And again, I want to reiterate, my research shows that Colling was authorized as a dual citizen and policy expert to vote on the Brexit referendum only. So I guess what Haraz Gambari should explain is why he opposes that. That's a position that Trump supported. Is it because the EU is a corrupt international lobby? that strips individual freedoms and supports uh, calling? Uh, does he support her taking the conservative position? And if not, why is he opposing it? Interestingly enough, let's talk about the Blue 22, Bob. Okay. The Blue 22, that is the group of people who partnered with Democrats. Those same Democrats that they've partnered with, that they've given more money in the state budget, that they hold hands. Uh, keep in mind, Alison Russo held the Bible as Jason Stevens was sworn in as Speaker. That party, that party attracted millions of dollars from a Swiss foreign national into the Ohio ballot initiative in 2023. That's rich. I mean, the war room wants to criticize Sally Culling because she actually lived in another country at one point and used legally the opportunity to weigh in on a conservative position with Brexit. They want to complain about that. But you know what they won't do? They won't complain about their Democratic partners who took money from a Swiss billionaire for a national. We broke that story, by the way. And now there's legislation in the, in the state house aimed at outlawing that. Nobody yeah. 
on the member of the Blue 22 team wanted to talk about that. Let's talk about some of the other Blue 22s. You mentioned John Cross a moment ago. I had Ty Matthews on, uh, what was it, Tuesday maybe or Wednesday, uh, but whatever it was. Uh, Ty Matthews is challenging John Cross. They had a little debate situation in which John Cross tried to misrepresent Ty Matthews' positions on, on pro-life matters because he is for medical choice. He is supported by Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom, Stephanie Stock's organization, about the choice as to whether or not you should have to take a vaccine. And and John Cross tried to paint that as he's pro-choice. He's pro-choice. That means he's not pro-life. I mean, these people are reprehensible. So I had Ty Matthews on uh, a show that I'm hosting here in Columbus, the Bruce Hooley Show, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Ty Matthews is a winner. And I'll tell you why he's a winner. He was respectful. When I broached the conversation about John Cross, he, in essence, said, I'm not going to talk bad about the guy that I'm competing against, but I'm going to tell you where I stand. And he was very adamant. He was very forthcoming about where he stands. He is a constitutional conservative. He believes that you have the bodily autonomy to make a decision about what goes into your body. That is a far cry from murdering a child and abortion. And John Cross, trying to bastardize the truth, by the way, is nothing new. If you remember last year when he was caught red-handed partnering with the Blue 22, another story that I broke, he called us fake news, and he called people who rose up against him basically alt-right, crazy, homeschool Christians. That's what you're dealing with with John Cross, a guy that is loudmouth, a guy that tries to bully everyone, I don't think he's going to bully Ty Matthews. I didn't see the whole debate, but I don't think Ty Matthews comes off of his position and comes off of his composure, which I think makes John Cross look like the correct clown that he is. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And by the way, I have uh, uh, called on, and so have others, the Ohio Right to Life, which gave an endorsement to John Cross in that race to do a dual endorsement because Ty Matthews is nothing but pro-life. The fact that, uh, And in fact, he was endorsed by the Ohio Right to Life Coalition, which is a uh, you know, a bit of a stronger organization and a little bit tougher of an endorsement to get. But uh, I'm asking Mike Gonadakis and those in charge of Ohio Right to Life to uh, support Ty Matthews as well uh, in that race. What about Sarah Carruthers? That's another one I know you've tweeted about. Um, they're trying to yeah. paint her as a strong conservative because she was uh, a part of passing the Parents' Bill of Rights. Um, it, but once again, she's a Blue 22, right? She's a Blue 22. Um, if I... Remember correctly, there was another news outlet that wrote a story about uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars that were contributed to her campaigns through essentially the medical industrial complex. Problem I have with Sarah Carruthers is that she's foul mouthed and she's disrespectful. I've tried to approach her with respect in the past, and uh, when she voted as a member of the Blue 22 cabal, uh, like John Cross, she tries to bully and badger and besmirch anyone that questions her. Um, but I would say congratulations on your work doing the Parents' Bill of Rights. You don't get a gold, in my house with our kids, you don't get a gold star for doing what you should do. But what you shouldn't have done was partnered with Democrats and allowed the House resolution that would have required a 60% threshold to amend the Constitution. Your shenanigans allowed that to be delayed. You missed a February deadline which meant that there had to be a special election called, which meant that now you look like a hypocrite because in the last General Assembly, you voted down and criticized special elections in off years. Well, that gave two things to your opponents. It gave them a huge critical point. They, they pounded that. 
and people went, oh, the Republicans are up to no good. Secondly, it allowed your opponents time to develop their messaging and to attract the millions of dollars that they attracted to defeat that initiative. Now, issue one passes. Now you've got minimum wage. Now you've got the Ohio Redistricting Commission that's going to be reconfigured. You have all of these radical things that cannot come through the state house that will come through the Constitution because millions of dollars will be invested in the state of Ohio. The press will carry the water for the Marxists and low-information voters will easily vote 50% plus one to pass all of these Marxist amendments. That's at the feet of Sarah Carruthers, Jason Stevens, et al. Jack Windsor, we could talk about the uh, Blue 22 the rest of the show, and really for the la- uh, for, uh, up until March 19th, as far as I'm concerned. But I do want to pivot to another issue, uh, one that you are working on very hard, you and your team at the Ohio Press Network, and that is uh, Senate Bills 215 and 137. And we're talking about banning foreign money uh, from uh, being uh, used to advance Ohio ballot issues, like we saw uh, in uh, the August special election, and then, of course, issues one and two back in November. What can you tell us? So the goal there, there are already rules around whether a foreign national can invest money into campaigns for individuals, right? However, there are not the same parameters around um, ballot initiatives, and that's what we just talked about, issue one, right? The um, minimum wage, the redistricting commission, these are all initiatives that are going to be decided at the ballot box by Ohioans. Right now, as it stands, Hans-Jörg Vist, who is a Swiss foreign national billionaire who put money into Arabella Advisors, which is the Democratic dark money group that funded the campaign for issue one, those folks are able to do it. So you have people who are Swiss billionaire Marxists who are funding the push to get these radical things passed into our Constitution in the state of Ohio. Those pieces, two pieces of legislation would stop that. They would say any ballot initiative cannot receive funding from these international outside forces. Now, it was just introduced, so it will get marked up in committee. I'll have Jerry Serino on with me today at 1235 to get into the innards of that bill and whether he thinks that it has the juice to go forward in the Senate and pass the House. Yeah, um, it is... um troubling enough that we have people in the United States who are Marxists, who want to uh, influence and change things. Uh, but when it's coming from outside the country, seriously, literally foreign billionaires trying to chip away at America's foundation uh, by by yeah. pushing and passing these kinds of things, Jack, it just it just really kind of, I don't know, uh, it puts in full view the scale of, uh, of, you know, of what we are facing, those of us who actually believe in what this country stands for. It's terrifying, Bob. And the worst part is, we have a press that is completely corrupted, uh, along with federal, uh, the federal government that is completely corrupted. And so um, the people who have the most money are going to develop the messaging, and they're going to win. And right now, um, the left is killing conservatives in Ohio and around the United States. They are doing exactly that. Jack Windsor, I'm so glad you guys are on the case and you're continuing to report on that very, very important story that continues to develop, and we'll see where those bills go. Keep up the good work on the 22 as well. We're working on it here. I know you're working on it in Columbus. Uh, Hopefully we are reaching as many different people around the state as possible to make them pay. And it's not about vengeance to make them pay, but it's about improving the quality of our representation in Columbus. We have people there that we expect to do what we ask them to do, what we elect 
elected them to do. And when they go there and instead side with Democrats and literally pad their own pockets or their own resumes uh, by by agreeing with Democrats on uh, on on what they should do with certain legislation, uh, these people need to go. Not about not for vengeance, but for for all of our benefit to make sure that we can actually trust the people that we send there. And those who uh, went back on their own words are no longer trustworthy. So keep up the good work on that. And uh, hopefully between now and March 19th, we can make some headway. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, Bob. All right, there's Jack Windsor. It's 1026. We'll take our time out here, bottom of the hour. And uh, after that, Tom Zawistowski has got some disturbing new information about what is being done to some of our political prisoners who are still in D.C. gulags without any legal representation, without any uh, plans for a trial or trial dates uh, for the charges that they have been held for over a thousand days on. And moreover now, we're talking about people who are being... On iTunes and the Google Play Store. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, it is 1034. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks to Jack Windsor as well. If you missed that conversation, you should go back and listen to it after the show. About uh, an hour after the show, you can hear it at whkradio.com. So last night I told you we had a tremendous event uh, in uh, Fairlawn, and it was the uh, Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet. I saw a friendly, I saw many, I saw over 200 friendly faces in the crowd, but one of them stood out to me, and that was the face of the Portage County Tea Party founder and the We the People Convention president, Tom Zawistowski. He will bear witness to what Bill Federer treated us to yesterday, but he's also got some stories to talk about uh, that are much more disturbing. Let's welcome Tom Z back to our program on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Tom, good to see you, or got, rather, it was good to see you last night, good to hear from you this morning. How are you? I'm well, and, and, and it was good to see you and, and all the other patriots that were there last night, but I, I want to just uh, reinforce what you said about Bill Federer. Um, that was quite a history lesson about how what we're going through has happened over and over and over, and it's in the Bible, and and then he challenged us, Bob, you know, and it, it was, I know it, it affected you, and it certainly affected me. I talked to my wife, Nan, about it this morning. He basically said that, you know, God's calling on us to step up and do something, whether it's David versus Goliath or, you know, whatever biblical character you want who had to face the evil uh, that we are now facing. He called upon us to step up and do things to, to you know, defeat this evil. And I felt that on my heart very heavily last night, and I'm sure you did as well. I did. I started my entire show with it this morning. It just hit me very, very hard. And I've heard Bill speak on a number of occasions, almost all of them, I think, uh, with OCA events. But um, this particular one was just, it was equal parts disturbing as we saw the history of socialism and the stories, you know, like you said, the great history lesson that he gave us and how it ties in with exactly what is happening right now. These are tried and true methods to break cultures down and to break civilizations down and to steal Republicans, Republicans and democracies from people and replacing them with tyranny and and empires and so forth um but but it was also inspirational uh because like you said mm-hmm. he called us you know he didn't say he called but but he's pointing out that god is calling us and one day we're gonna have to say what did we do when we had our time on earth it just hit me differently than other bill federer presentations he's one of the best to ever do it and we're very lucky yeah. to have him and i encourage everybody yeah. who couldn't hear him to at least subscribe to and sign up for his email newsletter every day when you get the american minute it is just uh yeah. 
encyclopedic history, but with a with a like I said, a bit of an inspirational bent as well. Okay, well, you you could see you could you know I mean just before we get to our topic, you know, sure. the the pain that you could actually hear in Jack Windsor's voice. You know, it, it was hard for me to listen because I know that Jack is such a patriot and he's watching what's happening in our state with, you know, the blue 22. And, and I think I was shocked. I thought he said that, that they've given him four million dollars to help reelect these people. And, and it's it's the evil that Bill talked about is happening right now, right here, right now. And your listeners can can answer God's call to do something. Uh, if you want to do something, uh, go to our uh, website, ohiocitizenspack.org, where we have endorsed people against the Blue 22. And we also have, at the bottom of that, if you scroll down the page, you'll see like their, the website of the people we've endorsed and their donate links so that you can actually help them defeat the Blue 22, because God is calling on us to take action not just to listen to the radio and be upset, but to take action. And I really appreciate Jack's reporting because, folks, he makes you feel how bad it is, the lies they are spewing against these good people so that they can, what, keep control over us and do these things we don't want none. Great point, and uh, we always like to send people to your websites, and absolutely, OhioCitizensPack.org. I'm looking at it right now, and of course, we send people to the We the, we the Convention, We the People mm-hmm. Convention, rather, websites, too. So, uh, website, too. Um, so, Tom, thank you for all of that. That is all so very helpful, and it is part of what we can do to step up and, 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 and play a role here. Uh, let's talk about the disturbing news that we, we learned about uh, over the last couple of days. Jake Lang, of course, is um, a political prisoner, along with Orion Samsel, and, and we've had Jake on this program. Uh, you helped arrange and facilitate that. I know you stay in very close contact with him. He's been in prison uh, in, in, in a gulag-type setting in some of the most horrific conditions for well over a 1,000 days without a trial. He's being denied access to attorneys and opportunities to defend himself and worse. Um, but, but as bad as that has been, Tom Z, um, it got worse when they apparently scooped him up in the middle of the night. You want to tell us the story? Yeah, it was very disturbing because Jake has been very active, obviously, with the anniversary of January 6th. You know, there was a lot of information being put out and he was a big part of that. So he's, you know, he's very, you know, media savvy and, and he talks to a lot of the, you know, the big podcasts and things. And then all of a sudden he was just picked up at four o'clock in the morning and taken from the, his jail cell and to parts unknown. And, and he was done, that was done to him and Ryan Samsel, who is a, another political prisoner who has serious medical problems, and, and they're denying him medical treatment, even though judges have said he should get this treatment. And, and I just don't know if people can really understand, Bob, when you and I talk about it, you know, that this is really, when we say gulag, we're not... We're not exaggerating. It's really true. I I wrote to Jim Jordan, uh, and I copied you on this, because we and I have been working really hard to try to get Congressman Jordan to do something about this. And and so I asked him when I wrote to him uh, yesterday that, you know, as the head of the Committee on the Weaponizing of Government, can you bring in the head of the Federal Bureau of Prisons and put them under oath and say, 
How can you treat these people this way? I put you know a a. a copy of a post that Jake did on Twitter where they're, they're talking about how they're just literally torturing him. They, they, you know, he has no, uh, you know, no amenities. They put him in shackles like he's Hannibal Lecter. You know, they have him in, in uh, you know, solitary confinement. Folks, he's been in solitary confinement for most of his thousand-plus days, and he still doesn't even have a court date. What happened to a speedy trial? What happened to your right to you know have a jury of your peers? We're not getting that in Washington. And 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 it's got to stop, but it's got to stop because somebody has to do something, Bob. And that's what we're asking Congressman Jim Jordan to do. Yeah. And um from from some of the specifics about where he was taken uh, this particular time and I don't know how many times this has happened and I don't know how many times he's able to talk about it or or to get this messaging out. But you know, they put him in the shackles, uh you know, hands, ankles and uh, uh um you know, around the waist. So, you know, he he literally could not move and they put him for 8 hours in like a frozen environment. He talked about how incredibly cold it was and then they took him from there uh to a to another space where he he was held for another four hours, and by the time, and he doesn't know why they did it, he doesn't know where he went, but they don't know what kind of black ops site that it was or what have you, but by the time they took him back to his cell after doing nothing, there was, in other words, there was no given, stated, or, or evident reason why they were moving him. They take him back to the place where he was to begin with, and everything was destroyed, right? His papers, uh, uh, his his uh, files, anything that he was allowed to have in his confinement was uh, was essentially torn apart. Th- things that he's using to prepare for his defense, you know, information he's gathering. And let me just read a, a, a thing when they moved him out of the cell where the other J6ers are. Okay. To, they moved him to uh, the, the, the South One uh, Detention Center, which they call the Hole, at the Central Detention Facility. He said, 24-7 solitary confinement, hands cuffed to take a shower, come out for recreation. Think about this, folks. Every other day for only two hours, you get to go outside, and there's no other people there for you to talk to. No in-person visits. No bowls or utensils to eat from. Not allowed to have a bar of soap. Okay? This is what we're doing to someone who hasn't been convicted of anything by anyone. He's accused. How is this legal? How is this moral? How is this constitutional? It's not. We're, and then we got to get upset about what Russia, what you know, Putin did to Navalny in Russia. It's happening right here to to not just Jake Lang, but to hundreds of people and to Donald Trump. You know, I um I listened to that and I've read some of the other things that have been done to him and some of the points that you are talking about right now. If it was known to the American people that everything that has happened to Jake Lang in the last thousand plus days, the last three years, if it was being done to Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, if it was being done to any of the actual 9-11 planners, obviously those who carried it out were killed, but, but the planners, any of the Al-Qaeda members who were at Gitmo, if they had had the exact same things happening, the ACLU 
the radical American left uh, would absolutely not stand for it. Amnesty International would be all over it. Uh, uh, every human rights organization in the world would descend upon America and call us the butchers and the and the barbarians for mistreating these people who have not been convicted of anything. And and even if they had been, that this is a violation of the Geneva Conventions, that this is cruel and unusual punishment. Any of those things were going on. If any of those things were going on, Tom, to to Al Qaeda members or ISIS members, people would flip. And instead, it's going on to American citizens who have not been convicted of anything. Convicted of anything, and there is a significant portion of the population that has been warped by a media that is simply evil in its intentions. Who are saying, "Good, they're getting what they deserve." They they believe that, Tom. Uh, not everybody, but there is a significant number of people who say whatever they get, they deserve. They stormed uh, uh, the, the the capital with the, with the intention of overthrowing the government. Nothing that is done to them is is undeserved. That's their mentality because that's what the media has fed the public. Well, and that's what you know. A couple of weeks ago. Jake Lang, with the money that many of our members at WeThePeopleConvention.org donated and others from around the country have donated to the J6 Truth uh, you know, fund, they paid for a poll in Washington, D.C. of the jury pool. And they basically proved that there's no way any J6er can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C., because the people there are so, first of all, they're all Democrats. Most of them are federal employees or, or live with someone as a federal employee. And, and they literally, the majority of them said that people who were January 6th should be killed, should literally be given the death sentence. For what? Parading through the Capitol? There's a story this week that's on our website at WeThePeopleConvention.org where this, this particular J6 uh, you know, prisoner and his attorneys are trying to get a court to force the FBI to identify certain special agents who were at January 6th who basically were clapping and celebrating the fact that they were telling people to go into the Capitol. And he wants to he wants to put them on the stand to say yes, we were doing that. We were telling people to go in to help with his defense of why he went in. And the FBI won't even identify them. How can you have a fair trial, Bob, when you're denied evidence, exculpatory evidence that would would you know, help the jury see that you didn't do anything? This is rigged. This is as bad as anything you've ever heard in Stalin's you know, Russia or Mao's China. We're doing it here in the United States, and you're right. The media wants to be the judge and the jury, and that's what they've done. And we've got to fight to free them. And as I've said on my, radio, on my podcast every Saturday, it's not enough for them to be free. They need to get compensation for what this nation has done to them. I just, I, there was, I think the anniversary of the ja- internment of the Japanese Americans in World War II was just held. I saw some news stories marking that. And this is as bad as what we did in World War II when we locked up American citizens who happened to be Japanese during World War II with no reason to do that. These people in the prisons right now, the January 6th political prisoners, are going to go down in history 
as the same kind of crime against humanity and our citizens by this country. And the people who are doing this need to be held responsible. And when we take back the White House and the Senate and the House, God willing, next year, at the end of this year, at this time next year, those are the people who need to be arrested. Those are the people who need to be in prison. But we're not doing it for revenge, Bob. We're doing it to reestablish the rule of law. We will punish them for what they've done wrong in lying about evidence, in withholding evidence, in not allowing them to get a change of venue. That's what we want, is to reimpose the rule of law. We don't want revenge. We want justice. Tom Zawistowski is our guest, president of the We the People Convention. Um, Let me tell you something very sad. Tom, I, I, I have lowered my expectations so much that I don't even think any of those things you just said are going to happen. Even if we take back the White House and some control of Congress, which is which is meaningful, not just a one- or two-person majority, um, I don't think we're ever going to get those people held accountable. Here's how low my, my expectations are now. Give them their trial and convict them. What I mean by that is, literally, Right now, the worst thing that's happening is that they're being held for over a 1,000 days without a trial, violating their constitutional right to having that speedy trial. Get it over with. There's no, you said it yourself, they will not allow a change of venue, and they cannot get a fair trial in D.C., which means they're going to get convicted. Get it over with. Get the conviction started. Apply the time they've already served to whatever that sentence is going to be, and get on with it. If they did that, I would at least be... I don't know. Um, I'm certainly not satisfied, but I will be. I will be um, placated temporarily by the fact that they know what what stands now, and they know what is coming, and they know what the reality of it is. That's how bad they're being treated. That I would settle for less mistreatment, um, and and an actual outcome and resolution to their case. Um, you know, rather than what they're dealing with right now, because I have no belief they'll ever get a fair trial and get an acquittal. They'll never be set free without an actual conviction in that in that district for all of the reasons that you have said, Tom. So I've lowered my expectations from righteousness and from holding people accountable to just whatever you're going to do to them, get it freaking over with so that they can get out eventually and move on with their lives. That's how bad it's gotten. And, Bob, how could anybody feel any different than you feel with the complete lack of evidence that anybody is doing anything? So let me let me throw a couple things together and then end up with Bill Federer, okay? Yeah. So we have the situation right now where this Arizona prosecutor will not extradite the suspected killers to New York because she's afraid that Bragg, the New York prosecutor, won't per- prosecute them, right? And there was a big debate on, on the Five yesterday uh, where the, you know, they, they were saying she's right to do that. And, and the other, the token dem that they put on the five was saying, this is wrong. That's against the rule of law. You know, prosecutors have always worked together to do this. But here's the problem. They ignore the law. And when you try to hold them accountable, they say, you're the problem. And Bill Federer put on the screen, yes, last night, two fingers pointing at each other. Whenever they do something, they try to blame you. But what did Bill Federer say? He said, You've got to, God is calling on you to do something. So why do I have faith in this? Because the trucker strike that's starting to happen in New York is us starting to do something. 
we must say if you're going to abuse and, and debase our laws, you can't get away with it. You're going to pay. So what what is God asking us to do? Well, how about this? How about if attorney generals or Republican governors said, you know what? We're going to take every Chase Bank branch in Ohio and use our banking regulations to say you can't do business in Ohio anymore because you're New York-based and you said nothing when they prosecuted and persecuted Donald Trump. And so if Donald Trump can't do business for three years, you can't do business in Ohio for three years. And they'll say, well, you can't do that. There's nothing in your laws that says you can do that. And our answer is, yeah, there was nothing in your laws that said you could do what you did to Trump either. So enjoy your own medicine. The question is, Bob, who is going to do what God asks? Where is you know, Mike DeWine sure as hell ain't going to do it. But maybe, you know, Abbott or maybe some of the ones from Oklahoma or, or from some of the other states. But we've got to hurt them. It's mutually assured destruction. The only thing they understand is pain. Because I saw Stephen Miller talking with uh, Tucker Carlson yesterday. And he said, every time we try to reach out to the left, work with them, find a compromise, they do nothing but abuse us and hurt us. They understand nothing but force. The time has come for us to use economic force and political force so we, the time never comes where we have to use guns and other force. That's where they're pushing us. So right now, we need to say, you're done. We will give you your own medicine. And that's what I think the message of Bill Federer was last night, and that's what I'm thinking about this morning, Bob. That is a fantastic summary and uh, and a great you know way to I guess end a very negative conversation with something positive. And you're right, people are stepping up to do something. And that trucker strike is a great example, and doing other things to kind of shut out or shut down uh, commerce in New York City. You know, some people are calling this the Bud Lighting of New York City. I like that too. Whatever we have to do, um, you know, to show them that the power still resides with the people, we must do. And that's exactly right. That's what Bill called us to do or reminds us that God is calling us to do. It was such a, I'm so glad to hear that somebody else was as moved by what we heard last night as I was. So I thank you for bearing witness to that. Uh, I'll ask everybody to join you and me and not just saying a prayer for Jake and for Ryan and every other J6er that is suffering in such un, un, unimaginable ways right now, but join us in making the call, not just to Jim Jordan. One man can only do so much, but make a call to your congressman. I don't care if your congressman is Dave Joyce. I don't care if your congressman is, is Bob Latta, who's mine. I don't care. Talk to them. Demand them. Message them. Email them. Fill up their voicemails and say, you want the uh, head of the, the Bureau of Prisons or whatever that title title as you just said to testify about the treatment of these prisoners and to uh and to try to get some sort of a uh, a reprieve for what they are enduring right now while they await their trials so i hope everybody will uh heed that call and do something that's what uh, that's what our responsibility is tom zawistowski thank you my friend thank you bob glad to be with you all right god bless you uh 10 we'll take a time out the chinese are coming the chinese are coming the chinese are coming it's not a race. To learn more. The process is free. What are you waiting for? Sponsored by Opportunity Port in cooperation with OAB and this station. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. 
you and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. It is indeed exactly that as hour number three commences at eight minutes past 11 o'clock. On this free-for-all Friday, the 23rd morning of the second month, the month of division in the year of our Lord, 2024. You know, if um, we had a modern-day Paul Revere, he would be riding around and shouting, the Chinese are coming, the Chinese are coming, the Chinese are coming. And maybe we do. Maybe his name is Gordon Chang, because he is trying to alert us. He's been trying to alert us for a long time about the threat of China. He is writing books about it. He's writing articles about it. He is giving speeches about it now. He's at CPAC, and he's going to be talking about it. Gordon Chang is a journalist, a lawyer, a commentator, and the author of The Coming Collapse of China, The Great U.S.-China Tech War, and the just-released China is Going to War. And now he's going to tell us exactly what the threat is here in the homeland. Let's uh, go to Washington, D.C. and CPAC, where we can check in now with Gordon Chang. Gordon, thank you for the time this morning. How are you? I'm fine, Bob, and thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, first of all, um, uh, can you tell me what uh, what your plans are for CPAC? Are you presenting or just attending? Yesterday I moderated two panels. I okay. moderated a conversation with James Vanell, uh, formerly of the U.S. Navy, and we talked about the serious decline in the capability of the U.S. Navy and the big decrease in number of ships and what we can do to get out of that. The second thing I moderated a panel about how we defeated the Soviet Union. I just heard that clip from Reagan that you played. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the playbook for going after communist China. And I, that was with two heroes who had designed and actually implemented the Reagan plan to starve Soviets, Roger Robinson and K.T. McFarlane. And right now, we have got a threat like the Soviets, and we're not meeting it. That is, uh, that, thank you for that summary, and, uh, and I'm glad to know about that. I wish I could see those panels. Maybe I can see some of, the, some of those uh, recorded. Uh, but I'm so glad that you are there, and I'm so glad you're here because I, I want to talk about two things specifically, and we can talk about generally about, about what is coming and, and uh, all of the research and the, and the reporting that you're doing. But, Gordon, there's two stories. One is the amount of farmland that is being, uh, that is being bought up by Chinese, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, um, we've talked about this before, but it really, really kind of went viral again a couple of days ago when Joe uh, Rogan and uh, Dr. Phil sat down and Dr. Phil was explaining the amount of the acreage and mileage that they have obtained near military sites. I want to couple that, Gordon Chang, with the fact that we also got word just a few days ago that the number of Chinese border crossers 
is 4,000% higher now than it was in 2021. 4,000%. So they're taking land, they're buying land, and they're bringing, and it's almost exclusively single um, military-aged males to do what on that land, I do not know. But I do know that one plus one equals two, and those two things have to equal trouble. Yeah, especially when you look at the land. It, it's not only the Chinese buying land close to military bases. It, the best, best example of that was at Grand Forks. Um, but also, the Chinese are doing some very disturbing things on our land. So, for instance, if you go to Oklahoma, um, the Chinese are building fences. Now, okay, everybody in Oklahoma has a fence, but the Americans have fences to keep people out. The Chinese are building fences to keep people in. There are these reports of China basing human trafficking operations on farmland in Oklahoma. Also, there are the illegal marijuana grows. The triads are coming in. There was the four-person murder in November of last year in Oklahoma. We're seeing... um, Similar instances in Maine and in other states. Um, Also, if you go back two years ago, there were all of those mysterious seeds sent from China to America. I think that that was an attempt to plant invasive species. And clearly, it would be a lot easier for the Chinese regime to do that if Chinese parties owned land. So we've got to get the Chinese nationals off our farm and ranch land. Yeah, that is extraordinarily important. And and what about the what about the uh, the personnel now? And, and I'm calling it that. I, they're not an actually invading army, but they might be an invading army. Gordon, when I talk about the number of males, thousands and thousands of Chinese, that border is no longer just uh, being crossed by you know uh, f- migrant farm workers looking to come here and make a little bit of extra money and uh, and send it home. We are talking about thousands of military aged males all coming from communist China. Yes. Bob, if we go back two years ago, primarily the Chinese coming across our border were families. They're basically desperate middle-class Chinese who had given up everything and wanted to live in America. Now, 80 to 90 percent of the Chinese migrants across our southern border are coming in packs of 5 to 15 military-age males traveling without family members, pretending not to speak English, some of them actually engaging in Chinese military rituals. And we don't have to speculate about what's going on because we saw those videos from the end of January of Chinese migrants, both actually male and female, by the way, um, who had been in our country less than three weeks, came across with no money, no identification. But what were they doing? They were taking target practice with pistols and sniper rifles. So this is the Chinese army in the United States. Beijing is building in our country the infrastructure to attack America and Americans. It is a it is a frightening thing to think about. We're talking with Gordon Chang, who might be just the foremost expert on American Chinese relations and what China is doing. He's the author of the most recent release book, China is Going to War. Um, I want to talk about potential war with China. Representative Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin, the chair of the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, led a bipartisan congressional delegation yesterday to Taiwan, where he declared the United States, Democrats, and Republicans stands with Taiwan for your freedom and for ours, for as Taiwan goes, so goes the world. The Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning said yesterday that China's, or reiterated, China's opposition to, quote, official interaction between the U.S. and Taiwan authorities. What do you make of our delegation going to Taiwan and essentially poking the Chinese bear? 
um, first of all, it was good for uh, Chairman Gallagher to do that. I'd like to see the Speaker of the House do that. And I'd like to see the President of the United States to do that, because defending Taiwan is defending America. And this is not some sort of, you know, we want to help somebody else exercise. This would be to protect our borders. Um, and that's for a number of reasons. And, and one of them is, a, you know, it's not only defending democracy, it's not only defending our Western defense perimeter, which we've drawn through Taiwan, but it's also after the collapse of Afghanistan, the number one test of American credibility is defending Taiwan. We cannot allow the Chinese to surge into the Western Pacific with their army, with their air force and their navy. Um, this is just so serious. And we need to make it clear to China that they cannot take Taiwan by force. What do you think China thinks of that? Because, I mean, I, and I'm not suggesting, you know, we're provoking them when I said poke the bear, but they obviously are going to do what they are going to do. Um, but, but this is a strong show of support for Taiwan, and I agree with you. It is strategic and it is security that we are thinking about here. But how does, you know, Xi Jinping take the fact that we are defying their uh, essential, essentially demand that we not uh, engage in these relations with Taiwan? That's a really important question, Bob. And if he sees American resolve, he will not try and take Taiwan. And he won't do it because um, although he thinks he may be able to take Taiwan and annex it, the cost would be too high if we were to defend it. Now, I think that we could successfully defend it, but in his own mind, he's extremely arrogant. Um, and so we got to make it clear to him that the cost would be the end of Communist Party rule in China. Because if we can do that, then he won't start history's next great war. Um, how much ability do we have to do? You just mentioned that you you, you moderated a panel discussion yesterday about our, our, our you know shrinking uh, fleet and um, and our ability to protect. How much capability do we have to end what you just described in terms of, in terms of you know China's abilities? Uh, we we literally are are going to be dividing our forces and our resources between Israel, uh, Gaza. Ukraine and now Taiwan in terms of in terms of personnel, mil, munitions, and 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 funds. I mean, how how much are we able to do that, Gordon? Yeah, we are stretched thin, um, but we got to remember that Ukraine, Israel, North Africa, these are China's proxy wars, and these wars would not have occurred without Beijing's support. The converse of that is that if we are to prevail in one of these proxy wars, we're going to convince Xi Jinping that we have the will to defend ourselves, our friends and allies. And so that's the reason why, for instance, Ukraine is important, um, because here, um, if we can show Xi Jinping that we have taken down one of his his actually his most important proxy, he will then not he'll decide that he should not go after Taiwan, Philippines, Japan or whatever. We're talking to Gordon Chang. He's a journalist, a lawyer, and a commentator, and an author, and he is uh, an expert on uh, on on China and Chinese uh, uh, aggression. Um, so you wrote that they are there are the makings of a Chinese army in America. Uh, we talked about the personnel. We talked about the uh, we talked about the land. What should American policy be? How on alert should we be about what they are doing here under our noses? Well, we should be expelling um, these dangerous elements, um, and we have every right to do that. Um, we have an administration, however, that is absolutely unconcerned about this, which should be a matter of great concern for Americans. 
We've got American patriotic groups bringing up trying to track these Chinese migrants. And that's why we're learning about some of this very distressing behavior. Um, and that's important. You know, we're Americans. It's see something, say something. And when our government doesn't protect us, then we've got to do it ourselves. Because at this moment, we have an administration that is absolutely determined not to discharge its number one constitutional duty, which is to protect the United States from foreign attack. That is, that's exactly right. That is the number one you know, responsibility. And uh, they have obviously abdicated. It's one of the reasons why the Secretary of Homeland Security has been impeached. It won't go anywhere, but literally allowing foreign terrorists, uh, you know, people on the foreign terrorist organization watch list to come in, obviously allowing people from adversarial nations like China to come in in the level that they are. Our security is in grave jeopardy. Uh, there's no question about that. Gordon Chang, I'm so glad you are there uh, at CPAC. I'm so glad you are here and writing and reporting on all of this so that people really understand the scope of the threat that we are facing right now. Thank you for doing this with us, and we hope to talk to you again very soon. Well, I'm so glad to be able to talk to you, so thank you, Bob. Thank you very much. All right, there's Gordon Chang. Like I said, he's at CPAC. He is obviously very, very busy, um, and you need to read his work. <clears throat> Follow him as I do on Twitter, uh, and uh, and subscribe to everything that you can that Gordon, Ch- uh, Gordon Chang is writing. He's on Twitter uh, at Gordon G. Chang, Gordon G. Chang, just like you would think it is spelled. He's got uh, over 300,000 people who want to know what's going on there, too. Um, and he is very, very active. He is uh, allowing everybody to know, to know exactly what's going on. The article, I don't know if I tweeted it or not. I probably should. If I have not, I will. Uh, and that is the article that he wrote on the coming uh, war, essentially, uh, that they are building an army. They are assembling an army here in the United States. And if you do not think that that's real and you do not think that's legitimate, you are deluding yourself. You are maybe willfully ignorant of the fact. But this is the makings of a Chinese army in America, writes Gordon Chang, and I'll post it. If you follow me on Twitter, you can find it yourself. I'm on Twitter, of course, at Bob France. Spell it right at F-R-A-N-T-Z. Or look for the handle, which is at France Rants, also R-A-N-T-Z. And I'll put it on my Facebook page as well. This is uh, this is as serious as it gets. All right, it's 1121. It gives me a chance to take a time out here so that we can have a couple of segments of your phone calls. Final free-for-all Friday, or excuse me, final two segments of this free-for-all Friday uh, underway. I welcome you at 216-901-0945, You pick the topic, you pick the comment. Or mortagefinancial.com. Keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always write radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 1125. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer. Thanks again to Gordon Chang. We had a great conversation, an important conversation, a passionate conversation with Tom Zawistowski earlier and uh, also with uh, Jack Windsor about the Ohio primary fight uh, with the Blue 22, hopefully getting bounced out of uh, Columbus on their A's. Uh, Lisa Woods in Medina. I saw her last night at the uh, Freedom Banquet held by the Ohio Christian Alliance down in Fairlawn. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. Great show, Bob, and thanks for taking my call. My Wasn't pleasure. that a great uh, event? Wow. I, I can't stop talking about Bill Federer. Uh, it's such a, <laughs> such an amazing you know, history lesson and, and a note of inspiration for all of us moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Hey, I wanted to uh, give you some good news. Um, at, at McFan's last meeting, when we had Logan Peterson, um, he gave a talk about uh, election integrity and being a poll observer and anyone there 
um, that 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 stayed for his presentation could get um, credentialed to become a uh, poll observer. And I just want to let your listeners know we had 34 people sign up. Wow, that is so that is so amazing. And and and, and put that in context. How many how many uh, location precinct locations are there in the county? There's only a little over 40. Uh, um, I, I think it's about 44. So that is in, incredible. And also Logan said that out of all of his presentations and where he spoke, that this was the highest amount of people that signed up. So I, I was just so proud of, of uh, everybody for taking that step and, uh, and you know, be willing to, to serve for a day. It's a long day. I'm proud of them for doing it, but I'm proud of you for holding that too, and for and for you know providing an opportunity for people to come and learn and be trained and be being willing to do this. You know what you're talking about, Lisa, is exactly what Bill Federer was talking about, and exactly what Tom Z and I just talked about. What can I do? What can I do to make things better? What can I do to advance the cause of liberty? What can I do to advance the cause of you know of, of what God wants us to do? And whether it's making sure that the people are indeed in control of their own destiny and that they're not not being robbed, they're not being defrauded, they're not having elections rigged and having, uh, you know, evil things done to them and to all of us. I mean, every part, no matter how big or small it may seem, uh, really is an important part. And you had people out there who want to do this now because you guys put that together. Uh, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's our pleasure. It really is. And also, um, I attended a Braver Angels event on Wednesday. And that's where the left and the right can sit down and talk and try to find some commonality. And I learned, this is my second one, and I learned a lot. I got a lot more frustrated at this one. Um, you know, we, you, you're sitting with uh, what they say, reds and blues, and then there's independents. I had two independents, three hardcore lefties, and uh, one, one uh, right. And it was, it was a different, difficult conversation. But, but the good news is, the, the two independents, I think they really saw how the conversation was was uh, hijacked because two, at least two of them, I think, were, um, what would you call it? The, uh, um, I'm we not were talking sure. about, <laughs> okay, well, trained Marxists is what I was going for. Trained Marxists. Because we talked about, you know, one question I had for them is, do you have any compassion for the people that are locked up for January 6th? And um, three of them said, absolutely not. And I was like, wow, how could, you know, how could you say that? So there's some some kind of darkness with these people. And it's there kind are. Of That's what I was talking to Tom about, you know. Uh, and th- Lisa, thank you for calling, as always. And thank you for the great work that you do at, at McFan and for getting those uh, people signed up to be poll watchers. But that's exactly what I was talking to Tom about. If you told them we were doing this to Al-Qaeda members, the exact same things that are being done to Jake Lang and some of the other J6ers, people would be livid. They would not stand for it. Not in my name. Not in the name of, of the United States should we be violating human rights like this. But if it's J6ers, there is a, there is a segment of the population that says, good, torture them. Because they literally are that devoid of all humanity. 687-6079 today. Giving you reason in the age of unreason. Always right radio with Bob France and the answer. Okay, now it is the final segment of the broadcast. Uh, thanks so much to uh, everybody for being a part of this thing today. If you want to get in with a free-for-all Friday call, you pick the topic, you pick the question, we'll put you on the radio. 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110-TJ in the CLE. 
TJ, go ahead, sir. Yeah, hello, Bob. Yes, TJ. Yeah. You know, I didn't get in yesterday, but I wanted to call in on my choice for the Senate candidate. Now, I tell you, Bob, I like Marino and I like, you know, LaRose, but I'm leaning towards LaRose for two reasons. One's biased. He was a sergeant, you know, in the 101st Airborne. I can relate to that. The second one is because he has successfully won elections in Ohio, I think he might be better position to do that. And the third thing is I don't want Dolan to get that. I'm afraid, and this is a little tongue-in-cheek, I'm afraid if Dolan gets to Washington, his wokeness will show up again, and he'll be changing the name of Lake Erie, named after Indians, to Lake Guardian. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I don't like that concept at all. Uh, I am I am very, very much looking forward, though, to talking to Matt Dolan because um, I've talked to the other two so much, uh, and there's a lot to like about the other two guys. I'm sure there are a lot of things to like about Matt Dolan that I can't think of right now. Like I said, I've... Um, I've well, watched his career a little bit. I, I remember listening to him very closely, not in this campaign as much as in the first one when he was running against uh, J.D. Vance and uh, Gibbons and the others for the uh, for the Portman spot there. So, but I'm very much you know very interested in talking to him on a more one on one basis rather than uh, debates and campaign uh, ads uh, to see what he is really all about. Because the reality of this is, um, he is a very known name. He is uh, a known uh, a known commodity. He's a state senator. Uh, his family is known, and name recognition carries a lot of weight. And if he is the winner in this thing, we are going to have to ride him against Sherrod Brown. We're going to have to ride uh, uh, Frank LaRose or Bernie Moreno. And quite frankly, any of them, I would pick you. I would pick Seth. I would pick Seth's puppy uh, over over Sherrod Brown in the United States Senate. So. Uh, I'm I'm willing to and absolutely committed to giving everybody as fair of a shake as humanly possible, knowing that I might have to get behind them very, very soon after March 19th. And one thing, Bob, when you interview them, please bring that up, that how many people are still really, really upset about the change of names for the Cleveland Indians. I mean, he, but he knows. And, and that's I mean, going to make that, a difference. That's water under the bridge, though, for him. a difference with me. Yeah, but you know what? I, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know that there's anything more. He, that was one of the first issues that I brought up to him, and I know a lot of other interviewers did too, when he was running against, um, uh, you know, JD and, and trying to, trying to replace Portman. Everybody brought that up and said, look, you caved in, you and your family. It's not like it was all his decision. Right, right. But you and your fan, which is important here. It's not like he was the unilateral owner and he said, here's what I am doing. But you and your family caved in to political correctness uh, and, and robbed a lot of people of the joy that is their, their lifelong history with Indians baseball. Uh, and, and that matters to us. If you're going to cave in to a very, very small minority of left-wingers complaining about, you know, cultural appropriation or, or, or you know, political incorrectness, if you're going to do that, you know, what is that? You know, how are you going to fight against very small special interest groups um, in, in, when you're in the Senate? How do we know you're going to go against the massive you know constituency that supports something if you're going to if you're going to side with a small group and he answered those the first time around uh I'll ask it again sure but because yeah. it's fair but I don't expect anything different and that is look a decision was made it wasn't only my decision but it was done for this reason and that reason and it's not an indication of anything else that can happen later that's that's going to be what he says 
Right, but it'll bring it to light again, you know, to the voters. Yeah, so no doubt. Good. But uh, but the most important thing I'm going to ask him, though, TJ, is the same thing I asked Bernie and the same thing I asked uh, Frank yesterday, and it's going to be about the border. What is your commitment going to be? It's going to be about inflation. What are you going to propose if you're there? It's going to be about uh, crime. It's it's going to be about the most important things that affect us in our day-to-day lives. Um, and, 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 and I think that's where the focus should be on all of those topics. Okay, well, thank you for the time, Bob. Have a always, good one. Always a pleasure. Thank you, TJ. Let's go to um, Todd in Cleveland. Hey, Todd, go right ahead. Can I hear Todd? I can't hear Todd. We're trying to punch him up. Seth is trying to do like five things at once over there. He's answering calls. He's punching up calls. He's punching up the board. He's running everything over there. Can we hear Todd or John? Where are we going next? Okay, I can't hear Todd, so maybe Todd dropped the ball. Todd's here. There he is. Okay, we got you, Todd. Go ahead. Todd's here. So are you familiar with this case down in Alabama about the wrong, um, where the state court has had made some rulings on what qualifies as a wrongful death? The, uh, yeah, the, embryos. Uh, the embryos. Yes. Yep. I, I thought you were going to bring it up, and maybe I just missed I thought you may have brought it up and just missed it. What's I have not. What's your position on that? Do you have, have you read it thoroughly? Uh, I would not say thoroughly. I, I know what they decided. I know what the court decided, uh, and I know what an embryo is, and I do know that if uh, if embryo has been fertilized, uh, you know, I mean, if it is union of sperm and egg and it is life and it is able to be, uh, you know, implanted into a uterus and grow into a baby, it's a baby. I, I, I it, it, it is exactly that. I understand why they did what they did. I also understand it's a very passionate uh, uh, disagreement for many people. It's a... A baby is not a baby until they reached uh, until the fetus has reached the stage of being a baby. So prior to that, it's a fetus, and then prior to that, it's an embryo. What's that uh, stage to you, uh, Todd? I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the um, trans where transformation is, but I can tell you this: that before you're because before you're an infant, you're a fetus, and before you're a fetus, you're an embryo. An embryo, although I qualify as a human life because those are living cells that are working as a function to become um, a fetus and a child and ultimately an adult, I, I recognize them as being a human life. But I, I question... Well, you just, you, just, you just nailed it. You just nailed it. And, and that's exactly it. The, the, the difference I would have with you is you saying become or whatever that moment of transition is. There's never a moment of transition from one thing to another. It's always a human life at a different stage of its growth. Right. You know. Right. Uh, you know, a, ba- a baby, a baby at one is not the same thing at all as a ten-year-old is. But you know what? It's going to gradually develop and grow from one into the other. It is never any less valuable as a life because it is at an earlier stage of it. Well, that's why that's why I disagree with you. The value, the value on this is is determined by more than just his or her existence because that. At, at the point where they become an embryo, they, the production of either a male or female has begun. So it's either he or she. That's right. But but here here's where I take issue. The um, if for some reason a hospital that's storing these embryos commits commits a careless Todd, I got act twenty seconds. Actual, I got twenty seconds. The show's over. And we don't have time to get into this. No, let's, not let's for what you're about to do. But let's I'll just say this, my friend. Thank you for the call. Right. I'll say this. I'll take the last word because the show's over, and I'm going to close it with this. A 10-year-old's life is no more valuable than a 1-year-old's life. You can't say that because this one has developed further and longer, it's more valuable. The same life is worth the same, and it's the same thing when it comes to a 8-month fetus in gestation. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.